Welcome to Tech Matters, sharing our vast business and development experience with developers like you. Here are your hosts, Stephen Feather and Patrick Shetta. So you've decided you need a product. How do you suss out the ideas, features, and requirements that lead you to your MVP? I think this would be an excellent episode to talk about the concept of ideation. That's a new word. What does ideation mean? Right. And that's um, not necessarily a vocabulary word that a lot of people have. Um, So in general, it means generating new concepts or ideas for you to move on and and perhaps create a new app. Um, I think that it is a portmanteau of the words idea generation or idea creation, and thus make the word ideation. That's how I like to think of it. For those that don't know what portmanteau is, I had to go look it up too. It's jamming two words together so that you come up with a new word. So like if you have a motor hotel, now we have this new concept of motel. All right, good. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so are, are we basically talking about a bunch of guys sitting in a room, or have I jumped too far down the line? Well, it could be. Okay. Um, I think that... First, I'd like to just kind of give a a general vibe of what the whole thing is. So I like to think of it as a very creative process, Uh, perhaps the same process that a musician or an artist would use to become inspired or to become motivated. Um, I remember one time I was uh, speaking with uh, Jim Peterick, who is a famous songwriter. Look him up. He's wrote a few songs that you know. And he was talking, he was playing a, a new song just on his acoustic guitar kind of saying, hey, check out this new song I wrote. And he was saying the motivation for it, you'd never, you would never guess how I got inspired for this. And it was a love song or something I don't specifically remember. But he says, one day, you know, I was helping out with chores and I was vacuuming and I turned off the vacuum and I put it down and I went and wrote the song. His inspiration came from something totally unrelated to what, he wasn't even trying to write it. He was just doing something every day. And, and that's how a lot of artist-type people become inspired, is they'll just go for a walk, they'll go turn their brain off and go watch a TV show, maybe that they never watch, or, or something. Just kind of turn it off and let your background threads in your brain just come up with it on your own. So I like to think of uh, idea discovery in the creative way uh, kind of happens like that. So, so that's one thing to kind of keep in mind and acknowledge and respect that is a possibility to help you uh, come up with ideas rather than we will not leave this table until we have the idea. That's absolutely the wrong way to do it. If there's any way to keep your brain from working is to put a timetable in place. It yes. seems to be. Yes. Um, and as a side thing, one of the reasons a lot of us carry around notebooks and pens or a digital recorder is so that we can always be capturing those ideas. Um. So what's the next step? So we know we're we're in this zone that we need something. We also realize that um, we probably do need to interact with some other people. When you're sitting with a client, what's your next step? Right. So th- there's one thing to also acknowledge too that th- there's a a difference between you know me and my buddy. I said, hey, you know, there's a hackathon. Let's go to the hackathon. And what's the idea? I don't know. We'll think of it when we get there. 
you know, to me, that's not that's not ideation. That's winging it, and you'll probably come up with something cool. But it's not necessarily a business app that will succeed and will help your business. Um, th- planning in the real world with real businesses doesn't really happen that way. You have to you have to involve people who are the product owner product owners, the managers, people who understand the business people who understand the customers, what they need. Um, perhaps if you're doing an enterprise app, it's something for employees. What what are their pain points? Uh, the stakeholders. Basically, you need to understand everything about your domain that will help you uh, create something that will be successful for your business. So my point is there is a differentiation between hey, we're going to go sit at the coffee shop and we're going to ideate and, and come up with something and we're going to submit to a hackathon and we're going to you know, be billionaires versus uh, slow it down a bit, logically think, and go through a, a more strict process um, and, and come out with a business success. Where some of the enterprises, and we'll talk about enterprise later, they'll have internal hackathons, but one of the constraints that's already in place is those folks who are inside the enterprise are already product owners, developers. They understand the customers because they've been exposed to it. Um, all right. So what would be the next thing we do? Uh, we need to understand the culture, maybe walk through what, let, let's say, we s- observe a product or a pro- uh, problem, and we say, how do we get to better understand all the players that surround this particular problem? Taxis. Nobody likes taking a taxi. So Uber comes up with the idea, we can get rid of taxis. How many players are in the middle of that that have to be, we have to look at all of the different scenarios. Right. And, and an excellent way, um, taxi driver is an excellent example of figuring out what someone needs is to do what you might call a day in the life. And in fact, that is what it's called. Uh, you do a day in the life analysis of the people who are going to be using your app. So what does that mean? You shadow them. So if you're a taxi driver and you're saying, you know, I need to figure out what this guy needs and his pain points and what will make his job more efficient, you need to understand his job. So I know I've ridden in taxis and Ubers, but I would by no means say that I understand this guy's day and how he operates and goes through his day and how he starts his day and when he figures out where to go and, and all the things involved. I, I, I personally don't know how that works. But if I do the shadowing of him and, and write along with him and I can observe and, and take notes and be very aware of everything he's doing, um, then you can figure out, even if he doesn't even realize some inefficiencies, you can spot them uh, having these fresh eyes on it. So day in the life, uh, shadowing someone um, absolutely is useful. You can gather detailed observations. You can see inefficiencies. Um, you know, is their process working um, for them, for their customers, for the business that they represent? Um, are they uh, losing data that you could possibly be capturing and use in, you know, in a better way? Um, not even just analytics, but maybe, uh, maybe if they just capture one piece of data about a customer. You capture that data for all customers, and you have a whole new reveal of of things to make your business better. So um, there's things like that. Um, uh, employee pr- 
performance if you're in uh, an enterprise. If you're writing an enterprise app that would be internal to the company, um, you really need to understand how that employee works and how they do their job and exactly um, the things that they're doing inefficiently and that they can do better. Thinking about Uber, um, if you were looking at two different markets, let's say we're looking at the Atlanta market and New York City. As a consumer, I really don't have a pain point that requires Uber when I'm in New York City. I can walk up to the curb, I raise my hand, and one of a million yellow cabs drives by and one stops and picks me up and takes me where I'm supposed to go. And I've never had a bad experience hailing a cab in New York. Atlanta's a different story because we don't have as many cabs, our streets are different, and Uber does seem to work a little better here or be more likely to be used. So we're talking about not just looking at one particular small market, but does your idea stretch across multiple days in the lives of different people? Because a New Yorker is not going to look and say, yep, this is the best thing since sliced bread, but somebody in a smaller area may look at it that way. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I like the idea of gathering data. Um, one of the things, if, if using Uber as an example, um, one of the things that you don't get from a yellow cab is a continued relationship with that customer. And how do you, you as a cabbie, if you don't give them a card, say, hey, if you need a pickup at three in the morning, call me. I'm still on duty. And I, I've had that happen. And sometimes when I've been in New York, I've had a cabbie that I've called on a regular basis to come pick me up, which is a little different uh, than most folks experience. But it's nice to know the same person over and over. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe there is a need for Uber in New York. Um, all right. Uh, what's the next step? I think along with, you know, knowing how someone does their job, uh, sometimes there, there are UX features uh, for an app that uh, are inherent to the job. So you, you don't want uh, inefficiencies in your app. So if you are in some service organization uh, that uh, perhaps uh, they have to enter some data in or, or something like that, um, you don't you're in the service organization uh, you're there to do servicing you don't want to be spending a whole lot of time on your app and 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 I've seen it just very recently some service at my house uh, the guys going back and forth and and swiping and I don't know how to use this app I've heard him say that so many times so UX features uh, inherent to the job are extremely important to discover so let's 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 come up with that um, my toilets are clogged they're not really Toilets are clogged. So the first thing I think is I'm going to go on Google Play and I'm going to open it up and I'm going to look for a plumber app. And I, I mean, is that, that doesn't seem realistic to me. The old days it was open up the phone book, find the first person who answers the phone and say, come unclog my toilet. But apparently now uh, you can get Mr. Rooter 911, but I had to take the time to go look that up. Now, toilet problem is a little different than if I have streaming water all over my house. At that point, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to my phone. So maybe in certain circumstances, we have to say, no, that is absolutely not the right area for us to put out a consumer app. But maybe we can reduce paperwork and be more efficient from the other end. So let's look at this one from the point of view of I'm the plumber. 
and I show up at your house, or I've gotten an app and the app says, I want you to go to this address. This is the problem. And we start from that point of view. So there isn't always an app solution for everybody or for every side of a problem, but maybe there is for the service provider. Right. Totally agree with that. Okay. Um, So we're looking at paperwork reduction, routing, data entry, uh, more accurate data entry. That's probably a big one. If I'm sitting there taking notes and the papers get wet, of course, if my smartphone gets wet, that's probably not a great thing either. Um, What else could we look at if we were a plumber? Well, you could also look at uh, from the company tracking the person's schedule and and vehicle and thing like that. Um, I called for this service to come to my house and they said, we're going to show up between 12 and 6. Well, it was 10 minutes to 12. I figured I had some time to, to run out. I think I went for a jog or something, and and at the end of one mile, I look at my phone and I have a message that says the technician's on their way, and you know, for them that was the best scenario to route them to me. So I responded back and said, "I'm not home. Can you give me another hour?" And they said, "Okay." So they, I assume, you know, routed them to the next most efficient way to get to me and i didn't even care if they if i got four people in front of me if as long as it worked better for them and i got the person there but they could certainly do something like that very smart route planning um so that you know we we live in an area where driving you know across town can be 20 minutes Uh, so if, if they're driving, you know, half an hour to one and then back to mine, well, if he's driving a half an hour the opposite direction, he can hit a couple other ones and then get back to mine. So from the, from the company point of view, uh, route planning, uh, uh, technician tracking, uh, live technician tracking would certainly be something. Beneficial to them and beneficial to you as a consumer as well, because you weren't available now, but will be available later. Yes. Yeah, I, I've never understood the four, six-hour window thing. I mean, I understand as a planner that you're blocking three slots a day or two slots a day. But from a consumer point of view, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, a- absolutely. Uh, parts, that's a big one. We know that you need a water heater replaced. We already have photos of what it looks like. So I know what I'm getting into when I show up as a plumber. And I need to check and make sure I've got what I need on the truck, so to speak. Uh, and that would work really well, especially if they're if you're a repeat customer and they have data about your specific unit uh, and model number year it was installed, and you know you, you have this thing whatever you're getting fixed and it's five years old and you're reporting a problem, they can say, oh, I know what's going on every five years this happens to this model sure. or or something like that. If possible, then they could know ahead of time things to bring. Actually, uh, here we have that when the house was originally built that I live in, one of the problems was they didn't require expansion, uh, either blowout valves or expansion tanks. So when pressure comes from the city, it would blow up water tanks. Um, that, that's, that's a bit of a concern because it can take people with them. Uh, if you've ever watched the YouTube videos, water under pressure does amazing things inside of a 
50 gallon water tank. Um, and so when they were coming out, they asked, they said, do you have an expansion tank? I said, no. And they said, do you have room to put one in? I said, I'm pretty sure we don't have room to put one in. It's in a little closet next to the laundry room. And so they said, can you send us a picture of what it looks like? And so before they had gotten here, the guy had already drawn up a design of what he was going to put in. So instead of an expansion tank, we have a series of valves that blow out to the outside. Um, but that was very convenient because he didn't have to spend a whole lot of time here trying to jury rig something and he could bring all of the parts that he needed to replace and get it working for us. Um, so that was a, a, a very cool use of technology there. Um, so we've got an idea and what, what's the next thing? I mean, we can't just go to market with this yet. We just really just have ideas. We've bounced stuff around, wrote down on paper. Yeah. And, and it's important to remember that uh, while you're in the ideation phase, you're not just going right to market. You still have to respect the whole process uh, that that we've been talking about and will continue to talk about uh, rapid cycles and things like that. But you have to do your market analysis. So it, it's really wonderful if you're an internal enterprise app and you and all the people who are affected know are there and can and and bring up issues. But if you're doing something for the consumer, and you're like, yes, this is a great idea. You really have to run it by the market. If you've done a day in the life, then you probably have that information already. But you don't always get to do that. So ideation phase, you still have to do market analysis, um, analytics, if it's appropriate at that point. But you still have to do that step. You can't skip it. <laughs> and, and that would apply to whether we're sitting in um, – enterprise or small company either way you need to figure out if there's value to what we're planning on doing um, part of that value comes from deciding how rich the feature set is so through the ideation process through the day in the life next step to sit and create a feature list yes so you you kind of need to come up with the de definition of, of what your features are you need to um, you know make sure that they're leading you to a good reference point of a, of a minimum viable product okay. rather than wouldn't it be great if we put this on the app? No, you can't do that. You have to still think within your, your bounded process. I mean, whether you're doing agile or however you want to describe it, you still have a process you're following for maximum efficiency and minimum dollar waste. And, and part of that is getting to the minimum viable product. So uh, you have to, continue um, with I think we've discussed it before is is what what features can you um, uh, possibly include now you have to evaluate which features uh, you know what's the value and what's the weight of including these features and perhaps those will be phase three and we still have to get through phase one yet so uh, they're definitely uh, you know feature discovery is is part of the plan okay <laughs> and if i'm in an enterprise i have a better understanding of the big money picture and the value for some of those features than if i'm a startup probably have more data to fall back on there yeah definitely enterprises is, is definitely uh has some some different process that you can do uh rather than um you know apps for plumbers enterprise has, has a whole different uh thing that we can discuss on how to do the ideation an enterprise is 
they're already very organized, very bureaucratic, um, set in, this is the way we kind of work, not, not exactly agile very much. We have a standard process. So let's talk as we finish up today, let's walk through what that would look like because we've kind of bounced around ideas if we were sitting with a new idea. But let's say we're an enterprise and we're trying to move into a new market or adjust a market or uh, become more relevant in the market that we're in. What would that look like for an enterprise? Where would you start? I love enterprise ideation. I've been been involved with it a few times, and it's it's very very process. Uh, I don't want to say restricted, but very process oriented to get you where you want to go. So, so although um, I would not say um, that it's objective, but the way that you go through these subjective analysis, you kind of can come up to objective decisions based upon everyone's input, and it works pretty well. Um, I think that your first step is you really need to uh, kick off the process with you, you decide the people that you, you need in place. You, you get a whole bunch of paper, you get a whole bunch of people, you get post-it flip charts, you get post-it notes, and you uh, basically have to create kind of a working uh, uh, whiteboardish um, ideation board. To, to figure out, and, and it very much is a brainstorming process where people are going to throw, idea, idea, throw out ideas. You're going to have people from different business units. So, for, for example, if you're a large retailer and you're saying we need to improve uh, maybe some of our internal apps or introduce a new internal app, you need to have a whole bunch of people there who are vying for the um, award of getting the new app. So perhaps your shipping department doesn't necessarily need a nap and your human resources processing does need a nap. They all need to be there and, and have the discussion. And maybe what I just said is absolutely wrong for a particular business. I'm assuming they don't need it, but they might be the one having the most trouble. So I, I as the expert in that discussion, could be totally wrong. And that's why you get all these people together and you get this whole process and you figure it out. Um, so the the way you would do it would be uh, put your put up you know some post-it boards, post-it notes, and uh, you can have uh, different axes like an X and Y axis on on your big grid basically, and you on one of the axes you would put uh, maybe the roles uh, of people, so sales reps, uh, plant manager, uh, things like that roles in the company and you'd put them down one axis either either way it doesn't matter but you okay. put them on one axis and then on the other axis you put business drivers so uh, number one reduce costs uh revenue growth uh customer satisfaction put those along another axis and then you lay out the importance for those business drivers based upon these business roles and you have everyone in the room kind of helped decide where the intersections happen you know well we have to put one there and then we have a whole bunch of people say we this is very important to put right here so what ends up happening is you know you step back from your ideation board and what you see is there's some hot spots there's some clusters of well we have revenue growth that in in the sales reps is extremely important for us for example 
um, cost reduction for the plant managers is is very important. And you'll see, so cost reduction with your sales reps, you know, that box might be totally empty. Usually is, yeah. You know, something like that. (laughs) That was a total generalization. Don't judge us on that one, but you know you're right. (laughs) So, so you, you step back and you, and you look at the hotspots and, um, those are your candidates for, you know, these are the apps that we need to focus on. So perhaps there's, you know, 25 to 100 different things that could be, but you're, the hotspots, there's like four hotspots on here. And then, so now you've kind of objectively decided these are where we should focus. So now you're really down to these four decisions. And then the, the, the decision making becomes way easier than, hundred apps we could possibly build versus four. And then you can, you know, introduce um, cost to make this app and how long would it take and which apps, you know, could be done quicker and resources and all that stuff. And there's a different thinking of once you get get down to the hotspots of how you decide that. But that's hugely beneficial uh, to come up with ideas uh, for your apps. Okay. If there was one last thing you wanted to say to somebody who was thinking about setting up ideation, what would that be? I know that was a question out of the blue. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, embrace the creative process, like I talked about. Um, I, I come from a background, um, an artistic background in music, and I absolutely, a long time ago, embraced the creative process where I'm going to step away. And I've even worked in an office that was in a high-rise in downtown Chicago. And every once in a while, I'd just stand up from my desk and go stand and stare out the window. And everyone would be like, what's the guy doing? What he's doing is coming up with the next best idea of how to make this code work better. Although it doesn't look like that. So, so embrace the creative process. Don't feel like you're stuck Okay, we've scheduled this meeting for 10 o'clock, very enterprisey. Schedule it for 10 o'clock. Lunch is coming in at noon. And by one o'clock, we better have the ideas or you're all in trouble, you know, or you won't get your bonuses. A huge enterprise motivation mm-hmm. is bonuses. You know, that's absolutely the wrong way to think of it. Um, so embrace the creative process. Uh, don't restrict yourself to uh, the timeline. Obviously, the timelines are involved. You can't go for six months. But if you're like, here we are, here's part of our one day, we have to be done, you're going to fail. And you also need to think of it in a, in a bigger way rather than um, the guys at the hackathon. Oh, let's just do this and here's how we can dethrone Facebook. It'll be great. No, no, no. You don't think like that. You think in a business sense and how do we make money and how do we uh, come up with our next best um, idea to help our business grow. Excellent. Excellent. Adding on to that, I would kind of suggest that enterprises hiring a consultant to come in from the outside to break apart the structure and say, we're not going to be stuck with two hours. We're going to take as much time as it needs, and I'm going to help facilitate that is a big plus. Uh, has a huge advantage to bring a consultant into an enterprise or a startup, somebody else with a different way of thinking. I hugely agree with that. I think that uh, if you have long timers at an enterprise, um, everyone's kind of stuck in their roles, their day to day, and you're going to get the, the pushback of, oh, the consulting companies coming in, who are these hot shots, high paid, blah, blah, blah. These are the guys who are actually going to help you. You have to respect that they are the experts. They are working efficiently to help you come up with ideas and help you make money. 
and respect them, give them your time, give them your, you know, open yourself to them and good things will happen. Absolutely. And those are our thoughts on ideation. We appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Have a good afternoon. Thank you for joining.